I think it's fitting that today we share those stories and share this video with you uh, because God has done something incredible through just this one small group. And God is doing that across this church. And um, I would love to share more with you today um, about the vision that our pastor set last week, how he challenged us and we said we need to change in order to, to have the qualities of, of that early church. As we saw in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. Today I just want to kind of continue that and talk about the vehicle of being together. He talked about the vision of being together. And as a body, uh, we are to be together. But today I'm going to talk about the vehicle of being together. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you that, Lord, we can celebrate what you have done through this one particular small group. But God, what you're doing across this church and across this community through groups just like this. Lord, we really believe, God, that the vehicle in which we're to be together as the church, be a visible light into communities, is through small groups. And God, I pray that this day, God, you would put on our heart the places where we need to be connected, the places where we need to serve and grow. And God, I pray that you'd make that very clear today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. From the very beginning of time, God has intended His people to live in community. We have never create, been created to be alone or isolated from one another. I've got a family member who constantly tells me, Adam, I don't need to go to church. Man, I've, I, I, I can spend time with God on my own. I, I, I don't have to go do the church thing. And I say, you're right, but you're wrong. Because God has intended us to be a part of a community. I begin to think about in the ways in which God himself is in community. I think of the Godhead, God, that he is one Godhead, but three distinct persons in the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In Genesis, we saw that God said, let us make man in our own image. Let us, you'll see that a lot today, let us make man in our own image. God there in community from the very beginning. We also see in the garden, we see community. God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for my wife, Sherry. She's on the front row here with me today. But you know, God was there with man, with Adam, and he said, hey, um, it's not good for you to be alone. There needs to be a community around you. And so when he took a nap, we see the first surgery there, and uh, he took the rib from the man, and he created the woman. He created Eve for Adam, and we see community there in three in the garden. And we know from there, we see the 12 tribes of Israel and how God saw fit for the chosen people of God to be in community. And we see 12 tribes. And then in the New Testament, we see with Jesus that he had 12 disciples and he wanted to be in community with those guys. And on many occasions, he would take two or three up on the mountain, spend some specific time with those small groups. So we've seen community and gatherings just like this from the Old Testament to the New Testament to our church today. In the book of Ephesians, just this week I was reading how many times the word together came up. It's at least seven times, depending on what translation you read. But over and over and over in the book of Ephesians, we see that the church is compared to three things. We're compared to the bride. We're the bride of Christ. We're compared to that, the bride. We're also compared to the body. We are the body of Christ. And then thirdly, we're compared to the, a building. And what I notice about all three things, the bride, the body, and the building, is that we are to be built together to serve a greater function 
than just a physical stature, a physical system, or a physical structure. At least seven times, he says we're to be linked together for a purpose. I'm not going to preach the whole Ephesians today. We'll be in Hebrews chapter 10 if you want to go ahead and flip there. But it's very obvious throughout Scripture that God has intended us to be in community together. He's not intended us just to be in proximity. See, that's what we are today in these rows, in these pews. We're all in proximity one to another. I've been reading a book called Transformational Groups by Ed Stetzer. And it talks about the group in which you're in should be transformational. That we're not to just be in proximity of one another, but we're to be in community. We're to go from rows to circles. The challenge today will be for all of us, and many of us may already be connected into a circle, but it's to take us from rows to circles, from being in proximity with other believers as my family member who continues to say, I don't need that. I can be in proximity but not in community and say, hey, God, would you have me to go from being in a row to being in a circle, to being in a group? So today we're going to see that, that the vehicle... The vehicle of being together in this church is our small groups. Small groups, why? First of all, let's see why small. You know, Jesus spoke to the masses. Thousands would come. When they showed up, if they were hungry, he would multiply a few fish and a few loaves, and he would feed them, and then he would really feed them spiritually. And he would give them the word because man does not live on bread alone, right? And he spoke to the masses, but yet he spent time with the individuals. It wasn't the masses when he saw Zacchaeus to say, you know, hey, I'm going to forsake him and I'm just going to talk to the masses. But he went to Zacchaeus' home. He didn't just pass by the woman at the well and say, you know what, I got to get to where I'm going to minister to the large group because we're going to have a revival. We're going to have a a big gathering of people. But he stopped and said, you know what, I'm going to focus on you because he's about small groups. He's not just about large groups. And as we grow, and yes, We'll grow. As our pastor says, if, if we're going to be a great church, we're going to be a growing church. If we're not a growing church, we're a dying church. And so we've got to understand that as we get larger, we've got to get smaller because God wants to do something in our groups. Why groups? Because two is better than one, right? Ecclesiastes says that. Chapter 4, verse 19. I just went through a series a few months ago called Brother and how we need each other for accountability to be there when each other falls, to be the strength for one another. Two are better than one. And this is the greatest, the greatest passage, I believe, in which God wants us to be in groups and in circles. It says, where two or three are gathered in my name. Where two or three are gathered in a group, Jesus says, in my name, there I'm in, in the midst. We sing, Jesus be the center of it all. May Jesus be the center of our circle. He says, hey, you get in a group together, and I'll show up in your circle. That's not reason for us to get involved in a group of people so that we can do life together. Then I don't know what is. So today we'll see the vehicle, the vehicle of being together are small groups. But we must see the value of being together. The value. Flip to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 25. And, and we're going to spend most of our time this morning on this passage The value of being together in a small group. We'll start with verse 19 just to give us some context of of the writer of Hebrews in this moment. It says this, 
Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Which, by the way, the veil, the curtain was torn when Jesus died on the cross. Amen. We can go straight through him. He's the most high priest to enter to worship. That's what we've done this morning. And having a high priest over the house of God, because by the way, he's over the house. He's over the groups. It's not your pastor. It's not executive pastor. It's not your small group leader. It is God himself who's over the house. And then notice what happens here on. It says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting or encouraging one another, and so much the more. I love that. And so much the more. There's more than proximity. There's so much more in community. And so much more as you see the day approaching when ultimately God is going to return and Jesus is going to step out and call his bride home. Today we're going to see the value of being together in small group. When I say value, it's one of those things that if you, if you were to go to get some food at a restaurant, right, and, and specifically fast food, I'm going to give you an example of this in Nicaragua, um, and uh, you expect to get a value for your value meal, right? A, a cheaper price, get more food. Well, we were in Burger King. Yes, there's a Burger King in, in Nicaragua. On our first day, we saw it there. I would never eat Burger King, no offense if you like that. But uh, in America, I don't think I've eaten that in 20 years. But there, it looked appealing. So I said, let's go to Burger King. I looked at the value meal. We're trying to figure out all of us because we, we speak very little uh, Spanish. And so we're looking at the different value meals. And we see that uh, Cordoba's is the name, uh, basically the, uh, the currency that they have. And so we're looking. It says like 300 or 400. And we're trying to figure that up. How many dollars is that? And I'm thinking, man, this is really expensive for a Whopper sandwich, you know. And I'm not getting anything on it, you know what I'm saying? No lettuce, tomato, there's reasons for that. But, you know, I'm not getting any of those things on it. And, and some fries, I'm thinking I'm going to get a big fries and uh, I'm going to get a, uh, a drink, not tap drink, because I don't want to get um, eat, drink the ice. But anyways, um, and so I'm there and I'm just, uh, I'm getting ready to get my meal. And it's like nine and a half dollars. It's like nine fifty from the best I could get. Because I gave them a, a, a ten and I got like a twenty quarter was back. So um, it was right around nine dollars. And I thought I was getting something of value there. And I was disappointed, right? You know, I was disappointed in, in what I got. Now I was grateful, obviously, but I was a little disappointed in what I got. And here's the here's the deal about the value of what what I'm about to share. Is God, I believe, is very clear in Scripture about the value of community and circles and groups. He's very clear. And there's, a, there's so much value to it that you're not going to be surprised when God does something incredible through it. What you will be surprised is if you're not involved in it, then you're going to miss out on some things that God has intended for you and me from the very beginning of time. He said, let us make man in our image. That means the image of God is inside each one of us. And when we gather together in our groups, where two or more are gathered, that's a group. When, when they're gathered, Jesus is in the very center of that circle. Who would want to be alone? 
As I've talked to many, many Christians, I've sat in my office and, and counseled people who say, I'm alone. I've talked to students. I have nobody. Now think about, man, where's the group? Not a closed group, an open group. A group that accepts all. That's what we all need. I need it. You need it. We all need that because we're created in the image of God. The first thing I want you to notice in verse 22 and 23 is this. What is the value of being together in a small group? You, go to, you grow together. You grow together. If you throw up that, that slide for us, the logo for our small groups this year, you'll grow together. You'll see this logo on probably everything we do from here on out because I believe this is a model that God has given us in Scripture. And I believe that it brings it all full circle. And obviously Jesus is in the very center of that. I think of Jesus at the age of 12. Where did his parents find him? They left him. I don't know about you. I got three kids of my own. I, don't, I wouldn't want to go on vacation and leave them for three days. Well, I guess if you left them at the church, I guess that would be a good thing. But Jesus, they come back and find Jesus. He's there talking to, to the teachers. And, and he's in a circle. He's in a group of people. And he's asking questions. And I, I would dare say he wasn't just asking questions. I bet he was given a, a, a few good answers as well. And so we see Jesus from the very beginning. He was growing together with other believers. He was allowing others to pour into his life. And he was pouring his life out to others. We see this in this passage. We see verse 22 and 23. It says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We grow together when we surrender fully. It says, When you have full assurance, your heart's sprinkled. When we come together, that's what we've done this morning in worship. This is a valuable part of of how God is growing us together. To, to have Michael share about, I mean, literally, when we started singing Hosanna in Nicaragua, I mean, as soon as they started playing, I know because I was holding the microphone, I wasn't leading the worship, I was just holding the microphone. And, 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 and they're up here singing and leading, and the, there was just an anthem of worship happening. And in that moment, man, I had full assurance that Jesus was there. Man, I, I, I in that moment, just, and sometimes it's just raising our hands, you know what, I surrender fully. I'm yours, God. And here we see that in worship, to surrender fully. So the first thing about this growing together is this. We're going to grow together spiritually. Jesus desired those who worshiped in spirit, right? He said that. I desire those who worship in spirit. We're going to get to the second part of that in a minute. He says, you can grow together, worship together. Worship is not just singing. It's spending time together. There are moments of worship that we experience that we weren't singing a song. But it was moments when we had full assurance that God was there. The second thing in which we can go to grow together this year is scripturally in the Word. Jesus didn't just desire worshipers who worship in spirit, but also in truth. That we would stand firmly on the principles of God. Look at verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Many of us, I know in my own life, the moments in which I waver in my faith in Jesus is when I'm not connected with others. I, I, I see that in my own life, that the more that I drift, and listen, it is possible, very frequently, I ask my wife, that pastors can drift and waver, and it's whenever you get away from others who hold you accountable. It even says that in Ecclesiastes 4, it says, who is there to pick me up when I fall? But your brother. 
We're to lift each other up. We're to be there to support each other. Even in Ephesians, we said we're being built together. Every supporting ligament. Every one of us are to be supported together. And when we're isolated, when we're alone, we're vulnerable. So God desires for us to grow um, spiritually and scripturally. We believe that the context in which we're going to do that is a systematic way every single week. We're going to do that on Sunday mornings. We are going to be strategic and where we place our small groups and to allow every person from birth to however old you are to go to a small group. And if that doesn't work out because you're serving, we've got other opportunities. I'll share later about that. Other opportunities throughout the week where you can get connected into a study with people in which you can grow. There'll be teachers who pour into your life. There'll be others who can support you and can walk through life with you. We are going to grow together Jesus desired those who worship in spirit and in truth, and we believe worship and the Word are just as important as one another. It's important to get the Word of God. The second thing we see here is you get together. Get together. Let's look on down to verse 25. I'll come back to 24 as we close down. It says this, not forsaking, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. We're not going to harp on that today, right? You're here. Right, as the manner of some is, but exhorting, encouraging one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not only do we surrender fully and stand firmly as we grow together, but we are to strengthen frequently. I like that. Strengthen each other frequently. Man, it's, it's, it's something to be here on a Monday or Tuesday in the sanctuary to walk through and nobody's here. Man, I can't wait for Wednesday. I can't wait for Sunday. Because God uh, does something when we get together. I can ask these guys and say, hey, why is it when, we get, when they get back from 10 days in Nicaragua that they can't stop talking about it? Because every day we're strengthening each other day by day by day. And we're to get together. Seems like this church is always getting together, right, around food. I've got to add food in the sermon because our pastor, he leads the way and models every week. So I've got to share this. And I remember eating many meals in the Family Life Center with our sunshine class, all right? Many meals. And I can't tell you how many green beans, mashed potatoes, fried chicken, squash casserole, you name it. They had it. All the things that I probably could never cook myself, it was there. And it was much better than I would ever be able to cook. And I remember those conversations with Jack Wright and Bernie Merrill and, and, and many others. These men poured into my life as a young pastor. And, uh, and those moments of getting together... That's the heart of small group. It's not only to grow together in moments of Bible study, but getting together outside of the church. Because let's face it, the hour and 15 minutes you currently have or the 50 minutes you're going to have in the new model is that's not enough time to get together. Many of us, we're saying hello to one another and, and, and it's just a passing by. But to go do life together is different. And we need each other to do life with together. We can get together socially. You know, Jesus was willing to walk with his disciples. He didn't just meet with them in the upper room. He walked with them even after he came back to life. Remember, he's walking on the road to Emmaus, and he's just walking, and, and uh, these guys are like, man, aren't our hearts burning within us? They didn't realize it was Jesus at the moment. And so they're just walking along. That's what he did. He walked with his groups, all right? He took them up on the mountain. He spent time praying, and they fell asleep a few times. But, you know, he's like, hey, he spent time with his group. He spent time with others. And we should do the same thing. We should get together socially and walk 
side by side with each other in this life. There are so many things that we're going to face, and we've got to be there for one another. Second thing is this, systematically. Jesus walked with them daily. Notice that? He walked with them daily. He didn't just say, hey, guys, guess what? Y'all meet us back on Wednesday night, prayer meeting. We're going to be there. He said, hey, where are we going tomorrow? Where are we going the next day? You know what's really cool about some of our small group leaders and our youth ministry is they're constantly texting their students, and they're saying, hey, how can I pray for you this week? Maybe my wife and her small group, they, uh, she sends them just a little devotional every morning and says, hey, have you spent time with your quiet time with the Lord today? Have you spent your first five minutes with the Lord today? There's a constant daily walk, and many of our teachers, many of our leaders are doing that. Let's get together systematically. Do life together and do so often. I know our lives are busy. We don't have a magic formula to, for the next you know, 30 days to spend time with your small group every day. That's impossible. But in today's time, there are moments that we can have a touch on each other's life and lift each other up. So we're to get together frequently. The last thing is this. You give together. You give together. Not only do you grow together in the Word, and we know that the Word does not return void, so God's going to do something incredible with the Word of God when it's implanted in your heart. But also, you get together and spend time together. That's great. But may it move you out to give, to give for the kingdom's work. Give together. Many of you have given together to make this possible. Many of you have given your time and your resources. I've got a few examples I want to share of, of how, how people have served faithfully here. There have been a number of small group classes who volunteered every Sunday, every Wednesday, maybe once a month for our student ministry. I know, the last five, six, seven years, and I thank you for that, have diligently served together in that capacity. Man, what a blessing it is to see that. Many other groups have collected money to give to someone in need. Even this week, I've heard of two classes doing that. Or maybe reaches out to a class member who's lost a loved one. One of the greatest values of being connected in a group, and I see this because I do a lot of funerals, uh, a lot of um, different um, opportunities like that, and, and I see where, where small groups rise up and they help feed the family, or they minister in a family in ways that, honestly, um, that sometimes it's difficult for us to spend that amount of time in those moments, and God uses your groups to do that, and it's incredible. We're already doing that. God is, is using you to do that. What value is this in being connected in moments of success and moments of sorrow, right? And moments of struggle. Guys, we need each other. We're to give together. How are we to serve faithfully? Let's look here in verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works. Let us consider one another. Translation there can be, let us motivate each other. Man, I don't know about you, but when I get motivated for something, it inspires me. You know, I saw a movie McFarland the other day, and I'm a cross-country coach, and so um, as I saw that, and I saw these guys running these hills and, and running all these sand dunes and all this stuff, and I just got inspired. Like, I'm like, like let's coach today. Like, I'm ready. And, and then Sherry's like, oh, you're not in school anymore. Your, your, your race doesn't matter. You know, but it's like, hey, we're running, you know, and I'm just like, I'm fired up. I'm trying to tell the team, hey, man, y'all should see this movie. It gets you pumped up. Listen, it's to motivate someone to be a part of it. I hope today... That it's not just a motivational speech, but I, I pray that you'd be inspired to say, you know what, man, I, I want to consider the impact, the value of being in a group. 
How so? How can we give together? Give together servantly. Motivate others through your example. You know, Jesus, that's what he did. He brought all the guys up. He said, hey, guys, come here. Take off your shoes or in that situation. Take off your sandals. Or they might not have even had sandals on in the moment. And he said, let me wash your feet. No, I'm thank- thankful of seeing that moment. I don't know if you know that I saw it. I captured it. I took a picture of it. But that's not why you did it. But when we first got to the first community and he bent down and he took off that sandal that was far too small for this little kid's feet and took off that sandal and began to wash the feet of individuals and to place a new sandal on there. He was, he was in- encouraging. He's motivating us to be selfless in that moment. And Jesus did that for his disciples. He said, just as I've washed your feet, go and do likewise. Go and be a servant model. And we're to give together. And isn't it better in moments where we can see each other doing that than just a moment than when you're by yourself? Man, it motivates me to go wash somebody's feet. To serve like Jesus served. Motivate others through our example. And then give together sacrificially. Minister to others with compassion. You know, Jesus went out of his way. Our pastor shared this two weeks ago in our staff meeting. He said this, you know, Jesus never went to the woman at the well and said, hey, do you know how far I came to minister to you? Man, that hit me. I don't know if it, but that hit me ever since you said that, pastor, that, that never once did Jesus say, hey, do you know how far out of my way I went to speak to you? He just loved her. Yes, she had sin in her life. He loved her first. He didn't say, hey, what's wrong with your life? He said, let me love you. Let me show you some water that, that you'll never be thirsty again. He showed compassion. He says, let us, he says, let us consider one another to provoke or to motivate unto love and to good works. Man, I want this church to be that city on a hill that cannot be hidden. That we would go out, that we would be that light that shows love and good works and that we would give together. And listen, it's very difficult to get us all together and to go into a community. Even when we went and ministered to families, we didn't just take our whole group, right? 14 Americans, you know, and, and walk into a house and start sharing the gospel. That's a little intimidating. But when we broke into small groups, three or four, and we took some beans and rice, and we gave it to a family and said, here, this meet a physical need just for a moment. But let me tell you about someone who can meet a need for a, a lifetime, and that's Jesus. And we began to give together in those groups. God did something supernatural. And God wants to do that in our body. As I close, the most rewarding thing of these mission trips like Nicaragua was to see this small group of students go and serve Christ together. It's a special trip for them because um, through the years they have exemplified the small group model. You know, they've had wonderful teachers. You know, I know Felicia taught them for seven years diligently. You may have someone who's been pouring into your life in your small group for the last 25 years. Praise the Lord. To have a consistent voice like that is amazing. And we see that um, they've been led into God's Word and they've implanted God's truth in their hearts. They've spent time together at school, at ball games, right? at concerts, at various things, here at, at homes, at church. And ultimately they've given back to the Lord through leading worship, making videos, right? sharing sign language. I couldn't do that, but Emily, you are talented. You're a gift and it's amazing. Filling in for small group leaders. Some of these led small group last year for adult leaders who couldn't be here. They led diligently. And volunteering to, so, uh, to serve those less fortunate. I want to give you a little illustration as I close this morning. We can all be on the same flight. 
going in the same direct, to the same destination, sitting in the same kind of seats, but miss the experience of community together. I'm going to read that again. We can all be on the same flight, going to the same destination, and sitting in the same kind of seats. That's proximity. We're on an airplane, and there were many people on that airplane, all right? And some had these shirts on. That was our community, not closed because we said, yeah, we can minister to people here even on this plane. I hope we weren't too loud or too rude in the moment. But we were, we, we were excited about just going and being a part of something. And we were all on the same flight. We're going to the same destination. We were sitting in the same kind of seats. First class was the same as last class. You know, I think that's where we're at. But, you know, it, it, they looked the same. There was nothing different. And guys, we're doing the same thing in churches across this world. We're going to the same destination. Yes, we're going to heaven. If you're a child set apart for the kingdom, right? We're, you're going to heaven. We're on the same flight. Man, we're, we're going there. We're sitting in the same kind of seats. We're going to our churches week in and week out. But the reality is this. Are we in proximity or are we in community? God desires for us to be in community. Well, I'm so passionate about where God is leading me here at this church is because I truly believe that God is going to do something together with this body that we can never do alone. And I'm ready. I'm ready. My desire is that you would be ready. So we see the vehicle of being together are small groups. The value of being together is that the value is this is what you're going to get. It's not going to be the value meal at Burger King in Nicaragua, okay? This is the value you're going to get. Is you're going to grow together. I promise you. You'll grow together. You'll get together. You'll find yourself in moments supporting not your own kids when they play sport, but you're supporting the kids of those who are also in your small group. You'll find yourself not just finding yourself praying as a family together, but you'll find yourself praying with other families together. You'll find yourself not being isolated and alone, alone in a time of struggle, but you'll have a group to surround you in moments of success. And ultimately... We've got to see that there's a view of being together. The view of being together. In Samoto, you might have saw in the video the panoramic view that we got of the city. Gorgeous. We have to hike to get there, right, Shelby? Um, we got to hike to get up there. And you see 360. You see all around. You see Nicaragua, Honduras, Belize. I don't know. I'm making that up. But, you know, you can see a lot of countries, right? And we're up there, and you can see the whole city. And here's the deal. I've been to community after community after community the two years that I've been there. But until you get on top of the mountain, you can't see the city at its entirety. I've been blessed and I've been fortunate to be a part of a community the last 12 years in the student ministries. And it's been awesome. And I wouldn't have traded it for nothing. But now I believe that God's given us a view of being together as a city on a hill. And in moments when I didn't realize how many small groups are already meeting, I didn't realize how many of the curriculum um, had to be ordered in advance. Joe has shown me all of those things that he's been diligent in the last many years. I didn't realize how many small groups are already doing these things. They're getting together. They're giving together all the time. And now I'm able to see a view, and, and I pray that today you would get a view of what it will be like when we to get together in, in this capacity. When we begin to, to get a view of that, it changes everything. To paint you a picture of how we plan to make small group possible for everyone, we have to do something different. We've got to do something different. Different terminology, yes. When I say small group, 
You may be thinking Sunday school. You may be thinking Bible study fellowship. You may be thinking connect groups. There's a lot of names. But to keep it simple, to keep it biblical, say, hey, small groups. It's a way that as we get larger, it conveys, hey, small groups, where is that? We're going to grow together. We're going to get together. We're going to give together. God has that as the vehicle in which we're going to grow. I've provided an updated list for every person here today, and, and this is kind of the invitation today. As you'll see, there's a Trinity of Fairview small group directory. My assistant Ashley Sluter has put together for you all, and um, there's a lot of options that you can be a part of. Now, here's the deal. You can't be, um, I want to encourage you, at least find one. Find a place to serve, and, and, and I don't, I really want you to take this for two weeks and pray through, hey, God, where would you have me serve? Whether you're a child in the kids' ministry, I want to encourage you to get connected. Whether you're a student in the student ministry, I want you to get connected. Whether you're an adult in the adult ministry, get, connect, get connected. And here are opportunities. We, we have also changed our format. Um, we're going to be intentional this year in this. We're going to be intentional because we believe this, that God was intentional in who he, who he went after. And we want you to get connected. And so today, we want to encourage you to take one of these. There are three options. One is um, uh, at 1010, every Sunday beginning August 30th, um, we'll have an opportunity where everyone's in small group at the same time. All right? If you happen to serve during that small group model, if you, if you happen to be a teacher or serve in our student and our kids' ministries, we have two specialty classes on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., One's a life transitions class. It's really coming out of college and going into life's many phases, whether it's marriage or a job change or any transition. I know all four of us right here have been going through transition this last um, few weeks, and so we would really be a part of that. But life transitions, they're also a class um, called Steeple People. It's an intergenerational class that Audrey Burkhalter is going to teach at 9 o'clock. There are also at least seven opportunities throughout the week. If Sunday's very difficult to get connected, maybe some people have to go work or help profession, there are other opportunities, men's studies, women's studies, apologetic studies, chances for you to connect with a group, and they're all small groups. And it gives you a chance to grow together, get together, give together. We're going to be intentional. As we come across this change in the next few weeks, be in prayer where God would have you connect. But God has not only told me to be intentional, but be integrational. The church is not to be set apart as separate entities. I've shared to you my community for 12 years, the student ministry. And it's not to be separate, but it's to be integrated. Last, last year we went on mission trip to Alabama together with our adult ministry and our student ministry. And I would say every person that went on that trip, our, especially our students, would say this, the intergenerational connection that we had together was of greater value than anything we've done alone as a student ministry. And so God is going to integrate what we're doing together. Small groups should spring all other events. So when we have a body event, like in Power Bible Conference in October, we're going to be coordinating through small groups to give you opportunities to get together. When we have mission opportunities, we're going to give you a viable option to give together. And then one other change that we're going to make is we're going to have a family fellowship meal beginning August 26. We feel like, hey, instead of just being segmented in parts, Awana, student ministry, adult ministry, let's get together and let's have a meal together. Donation of $2 per person. If you don't have it, come on anyways. There's no sign-ups needed. It's very easy. If you have more than uh, you know, five in your family, that's great. The max is 10 bucks that you ever have to pay, so you'll get a better meal than Burger King in Nicaragua. You know? Just come. It's going to be a great meal. But it's a chance for us to integrate as families. And even if you feel like you're alone, maybe your family doesn't come with you here. You're part of our family. 
And we want you to get connected, and we want you to feel like you're a part of something because we know that God can do something greater with us all being together than what we can do alone. And God wants to do that. The vehicle is small groups. The value is grow, get, and give together. And the view of being together is go. When we begin to view that and we go, listen, the goal is not to go to small group. That's not the goal because you can go and not do those things. But it's if you begin to grow together and give together and get together, it starts with us going. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity of Fairview, visit us online at trinityoffairview.org or call 828-628-1188.